many of us are never going to get where God wants us to be because we can't let go of past mistakes. We can't let go of things in the past, of places in the past, of people of the past. Listen, your past is past. This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Fort Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you've joined us today as we continue a message, Not What I Used to Be. And what a great reminder along those lines from Pastor Ford a moment ago. Your past is the past. How many times are we not doing what God has called us to do? Are we not growing in the way that God desires us to grow? Because we can't, as Pastor Ford pointed out let go of those past mistakes. I think for many of us, the struggle is we can't, in a sense, forgive ourselves. How many times have you heard somebody say that? I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. And really, for a lot of us, that then becomes a battle of pride. If God has said our past is forgiven once we've confessed that sin and placed it under the blood of Christ, for us not to be able to do that, we're elevating ourselves above what God has said. So it comes down to, do you truly believe God's word or not? And if he said that your past is your past and your sins are forgiven, we can live in the joy and the freedom of that. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that as we listen to a message entitled, Not What I Used to Be. Here's Pastor Ford. Now, our red light district is one block west of our church. Many of you who live in this area or, or come to Bible study at, uh, at, at night or during the day, you already know that. And, and most of the women that walk the street uh, up and down, uh, exchange there, uh, most of them are crackheads. Uh, they're women who are selling their bodies in order to pay for the destructive habit that's destroying their spirit their soul and their body. Uh, and so uh, most people call them women of the night. But in our community, they're women of the daylight, women of the midnight, women of all night, uh, because they're always there. And uh, so, so when I first became pastor here, uh, most days I'd come in and my day would go, I, I'd do the morning, uh, do some studying and then do any counseling or anything. And then I'd take uh, the last part, the last two hours and go out by myself and go up there and witness. And of course, you know, there'd be wine heads up there and um, there'd be crackheads up there, there'd be prostitutes up there. And I would be witnessing to them. And I would do that all the time. I didn't have any problem with it because that's what I did when God saved me. You know, I used to push drugs. And so it, I'm a person of the streets. I'm comfortable uh, in the streets and talking to people who are part of the street until this event happened. One day I'm talking to one of the ladies and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling her that Jesus is God who died for her. She didn't have to do this. God can change her life. And one of the members uh, was on their way to the church. They were coming across the tracks and uh, I saw her turned and waved at her and then she did like this. She acted like she didn't see me. And so I thought to myself, wait a minute, she thinks I'm out soliciting rather than out witnessing. And, and so I, I saw her, I said, uh, sis, I said, 
I saw you, I waved at you, you looked at me, then you turned away real quick like I was doing something wrong. I was up there witnessing. See, I, 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 I didn't see you, Pastor. I said, yes, you did. You saw me. You looked right in my face. I looked in your face. She said, well, I didn't, I didn't want to think that, but I said, well, let me not look just in case. So I stopped going by myself and started going with two sisters. <laughs> uh, one day we were witnessing uh, to one of the prostitutes, and uh, she made a profession of faith. We had told her that Jesus is God in the flesh who died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And, and so she, her, uh, she said, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to receive Christ. And uh, then she started attending this church. And people started helping her, uh, doing things for her. And so one Sunday, my wife's sitting there, and she stands up and she says, I have a testimony. When I first came here, I really wasn't a believer. I just said that because I saw an opportunity. I thought, these are suckers, and I can take them. I can use them. And she began to talk about, you know, you did this for me. You helped me pay my rent. And so I thought, shoot, I ain't even got to lay down for this. And then she said, and then, you know, uh, I had your pastor counsel me, and, and I tried to go to bed with him. And, uh, you know, I counseled with her, and she had said things like, uh, she was saying, you know, expletive, deletive, sexually. And I would say, please don't say that. She said, I'm just keeping it real. And then she said this, she said, all the counselors that I've ever had have slept with me. And, and so then I knew what was up then. And so, you know, I said, the session's over. Well, she gets up in the service. I, and I think, I remember you, was, Frank was there. She got up in the service and said, and I was trying to sleep with your pastor. And then all eyes went on my wife. All, they didn't look at me. They looked at my wife. And when she got done, my wife got up, turned around and said, let me tell you something, sister. Uh, he told me about that. I know everything you said. And uh, you need to know we are not suckers. We are Christians who were demonstrating the love of Christ. And we were doing it unconditionally. We knew you were going back up there and turning your tricks and making money. But we just felt that we were going to continue to love you. And even right now, you know, even though you're saying that we still love you. And then she sat down and everybody clapped. Uh, nobody louder than me, though. Anyway, so fast forward the video. The last thing happened, my, my wife and I got together with her. And we said, so, so you're a believer now? She said, I am a believer now. I've been coming here. I've been hearing the gospel. I'm a believer now. And uh, so she said to us, she said, I'm getting ready to go back home. And I've called my mother and I've told her I've given up the lifestyle and I'm a Christian now and I'm going back home. And so my wife and I gave her the ticket money to go back home. Five years later, I get a letter with a photograph and I open up the photograph and I didn't recognize the woman at first, but she had on a cap and gown and I read the letter and it was from her. She said, thank you for demonstrating unconditional love. I graduated and I wanted to want you to see what God is able to do. That now I've gone from prostitution, I've got my degree, and all the time I was in school for counseling, I was ministering to the women in the red light district 
I have now committed my entire life to winning prostitutes to Jesus Christ and counseling them. What, what, what a dramatic turnaround. And, and God did that. He did it. He did it. That's what we've been talking about last week and what we're going to finish talking about this week. Uh, that that modern story has an ancient counterpart in the book of Joshua. We've been going through Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31, and it talks about uh, Rahab the harlot, whose profession was a prostitute. Uh, as a matter of fact, harlot was so connected to who she was that it was almost like her last name. Now, let me just say this before I go on. You don't have to have the title to be a whore. You heard about the guy who said to uh, his uh, classmate in college, hey, listen, girl, uh, would you sleep with me for half a million dollars if there were no babies, no disease, no drama afterwards, you'd never have to deal with me again. She thought about it. She said, no disease, no drama, no babies, no bother with you anymore. And he said, yeah. She said, for half a million? He said, yeah. She said, yeah, I'll sleep with you. He said, okay, would you sleep with me for 50 bucks? She said, no, what kind of woman do you think I am? He said, we didn't already got that straight. All we're trying to do is figure out what the price is. And so you don't have to be in the street selling your body for money to get cracked. You could be in your apartment having sex with your boo so he could pay your rent. You don't have to be a woman to be a whore. I didn't say it. All you have to do is look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary and the primary meaning is a woman who sells her body and the secondary meaning is a man who sells his body. So this one that we've been studying about, her name is Rahab. And we've been talking about how a woman of the night became a woman of the light. She was changed from a street walker to a Christ Talker. So then we said the theme of what we're talking about as we conclude this series on faith is that saving faith cancels your history and confirms your destiny. That saving faith cancels out your past and confirms your future. So we dealt with the four evidences, one of which we dealt with last week. Let me just review it. We said the first evidence that faith cancels your history and confirms your destiny is found in Joshua chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. She demonstrates the commitment of faith. Now I'm not going to go through all of that because we spent the whole uh, 55 minutes on uh, that particular issue in verses 1 through 7. Here's the bottom line for those of you who weren't with us. She didn't let her past stop her from becoming what God wanted her to be in her future. Boy, and that is an important truth for us to grab a hold of. And maybe you missed that broadcast. Well, you can always come to our website and listen to each and every program there. Stream programs through your computer, download MP3s. You can also order copies on CD. You'll uh, just come to treasuretruthradio.org. Again, that's treasuretruthradio.org. Well, let's continue our message entitled, Not What I Used to Be. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. 
And so then, remember what Paul said? He said uh, in Philippians 3, where he was talking about his commitment to Christ, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. He said this, he said, this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind, I press toward the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the thing I always say about the passage. He said, one thing I do, and then tells us two things. What are you trying to tell us, Paul? I'm not trying to tell you two different things, forget and press. I'm trying to tell you, you can't press unless you forget. That it's the heads and the tails of a coin. That many of us are never going to get where God wants us to be because we can't let go of past mistakes. We can't let go of things in the past, of places in the past, of people of the past. And so Rahab was used by God and he demonstrated to her, listen, your past is past. And you need to realize that the past is not to be a hammock uh, so that we rest, but it's just to be a museum that we remember. In other words, what did he do? Everything about her past was used by God. Her person, her profession, her place, the position of her house, everything was used by God for the hiding of the spies. It was the only place in all of Jericho where they could have hidden and not been discovered. God wants to use your past. Kind of like the testimony of the sister I told you about. God is using her past and what is she doing now? She's out there winning people that she used to be like and letting them know, look at me now. God can do for you what he did for me. Some of y'all who have bad marriages, you need to be telling some of these people that God can resurrect your dead marriage. Some of you who have been promiscuous, babies out of wedlock, children out of wedlock, you ought to tell people that God can restore you from that. Let me move on. Let me go on so I can finish this thing. And so he used everything about her. Here's what, here's what I want to say. I want to say this before I move on. Sometimes we don't know the value of the experiences that we've had and we don't see them as things that God allowed to be deposits in our life. I heard a story, uh, 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 Pastor Justin, that blew me away. It's about a guy in Canada. He goes into a bank, uh, Elder Glover, and he robs the bank and gets $600. They catch him. And they lock him up. And the pistol that he used to rob the teller was given to him by his grandfather who had it given to him by his father. So it was his great-great-grandfather's pistol. They took the pistol and found out that the pistol was worth $1.2 million. You see, this man had $1.2 million now he's going to spend 30 years in jail for $600 when he had $1.2 million in his hand. Ask somebody, what's in your wallet? What's, what's in your wallet? Now, now let's move on. Let's move on. And, and so then uh, faith cancels your past and confirms your future. The first evidence, one through seven, the commitment of faith. Second in verses eight through 11, the declaration of the confession of your faith. 
What's the second evidence that saving faith has happened in your life? Well, this story of Rahab says the declaration of the confession of your faith is evidence that faith cancels your past and confirms your future, that faith cancels your history and confirms your destiny. Now, I don't have a whole lot of time, and I told you I can't go through and give it to you expositorily, but let me give you the, the outline. Here's what she learns. She confesses in verses uh, 8 through 11 four things. God's plan, God's protection, God's provision and God's person. So she's saying some things like, you got to point out a couple things. She talks about the fact that she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. And, and listen, she knew. Now here's what it demonstrates. That she already was justified that because she says, I know, and she used the word yada. And the word yada is used all over the Old Testament to talk about intimacy acquired by experience. In other words, it means if you look it up uh, in Strong's, it means to perceive something, you know, to know something without a shadow of a doubt. So she says, I know all of these things. And she says that we got the word of what you have done. We heard, and she used the word shema. From which we get the one, you know, the great Shema hero, Israel, Lord our God is one God. So, so she's confirming that she has had the word of God and she has mixed her faith with it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. And now she's a believer in Christ and she's confessing that to these men. See, she talked about God's protection and, uh, she was saved by what she heard about Yahweh. Here's what she says in those verses. He's a savior. He's sovereign. He's the sole creator. And he's the sustainer. So she was challenged by the word that she heard. And now she's making a confession of faith. Let me see if I can get you to understand it. Uh, I, was, I was listening to a TV preacher. And uh, he told this true story. He was doing a crusade. And the media was covering it. And the reporter came in and he said to the reporter, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? He said, no, no, I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, uh, I'm an atheist. And uh, uh, Brother Hagee said, uh, you're an atheist? Then what are you doing here? He said, well, you're news. So I'm here to cover you. He asked him, why are you an atheist? Man said, what has God ever done for me that I could see for myself? And then he gave him the gospel. He died for you. He's God who died for you. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He said, well, I, I, that, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, what are you talking about? What has he ever done for me that I could see for myself? Then John Hagee said this, what have you ever asked him for that he's never done for you? He said, well, I haven't asked him for anything. Then John Hagee said, well, what would you like for him to do for you? He said, my wife and I, we haven't been able to have a baby. And so all the doctors say it will never happen. If this Jesus is God, who you say he is, then my wife would be able to have a baby. He could do that. And John Hagee said, yes, he can. I'll tell you what. Call your wife. Get her down here. Let me pray for her. He said, I don't believe in that. 
And John Hagee said, I don't care what you believe. It doesn't matter that you don't believe it. All that matters is that I believe it. Call her down. Called her down. He laid hands on her, anointed her with oil, prayed for her. He said he shared the gospel with her as well. Said then they left. They didn't stay for the service. He said uh, two years later, he's in Austin and doing a crusade. And they say to him, right before he gets ready to go preach, a reporter wants to talk to you. To which he replies, you know what, I don't talk to reporters before I get ready to preach. To which the guy said, he, has, he, said he has to see you. So he came in and uh, he said, I want to show you something, come out. So his wife was outside in the hallway with a stroller with twins in it. John Hagee said that, he said, he said to him, you need to know, God has done something for us. Both of us are believers in Jesus Christ now. That's, I mean, you, you heard the word and the word was mixed with faith. So the Bible tells us here that uh, uh, Rahab had mixed it with her faith. Listen to what it says in Hebrews uh, eleven thirty one. Listen to this. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And so I told you it already, it means to receive with gladness. So here you have this woman, and she's the only one that's saved. Why? Because she's the only one that believed. Read Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. It, it summarizes itself by saying that those in the wilderness that heard the word didn't mix it with faith. And that's what this is all about. That, that whenever we uh, hear the word, we need to respond to what the word has to say. So you're hearing the word today. How is God asking you to respond? Let us know. We're always glad to hear how God is working in your life through this program. You can always give us your feedback through our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. And maybe if God is calling you to begin a relationship with Him, and you'd like to talk with someone about that, you can call this toll-free number. It's 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, the fact that you're listening right now shows us that you recognize the value of solid Bible teaching, something that defines treasured truth. And there's an easy way to cast your vote in support of this program. Not only this program, but Moody Radio as a whole. It's by becoming a monthly partner. You see, your ongoing support lets us know how much you appreciate studying God's Word with us. And it allows us to continue to create the type of programming that you've come to trust here on Treasure Truth. Become a monthly partner right now when you call 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. And when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to say thanks for your support by giving you a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. Now, it's an ongoing discount that remains active as long as you're a monthly partner, giving you affordable and unlimited access to a wide range of biblical and theological resources. You may even want to request a novel about Rahab called Pearl on the Sand. These resources and more are available at a 50% discount when you become a monthly partner. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios and Pastor Ford concludes our study of Rahab next time 
So join us tomorrow for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.